Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now. Thank you so much called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year. And each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com. Dot com and definitely check out those shows as well. Allie Frank and Asha Umans are the co-authors of Never Meant to Meet You, a novel. Allie has worked in education for over 20 years in San Francisco and Seattle. From an overcrowded public high school to a pristine private girls' school, she's been a teacher, curriculum leader, coach, college counselor, assistant head, private school co-founder, sometimes pastor, often mayor, and de facto parent therapist. A graduate of Cornell and Stanford universities, Allie can still be found during the day skiing or running down mountains and by night with her nose deep in a book. She lives in the Pacific Northwest with her husband, two daughters, and Bernadoodle. You can also read Allie's essays in... Moms Don't Have Time To, a quarantine anthology, which is my anthology from 2021, Frolic and Medium. Asha Yumans, her co-author, was raised in Seattle and is a two-time city champion double Dutch team member, among other amazing accomplishments. Asha graduated from Lakeside School, from which her father earned a diploma as the school's first black graduate. After writing her own major program and graduating from the University of California, Berkeley, Asha returned to Seattle, where she taught in public and private schools for 20 years. 
together, they have written Never Meant to Meet You, but their first book was Tiny Imperfections. And they have some news which they'll share about their next book, which will be uh, TV and produced by Mindy's Book Studio, which is part of Amazon. Welcome, Ellie and Asha. Thank you for coming back on Moms No Time to Read Books. Now to discuss Never Meant to Meet You, a novel. Hi, Phoebe. Hi. (laughs) Okay, ladies. Never Meant to Meet You. Tell everybody what this book is about and why this was your follow-up to Tiny Imperfections. And we'll start there. Never Meant to Meet You is a story about a group of women, specifically two women who are neighbors. One is a Black Baptist woman named Margette, and her next-door neighbor is Noah Abrams, a white Jewish woman. And for some reason, they've sort of avoided each other. They haven't gotten to know each other. They haven't crossed the driveway to um, meet or associate much. But something draws them together one day. Um, There's a tragedy in the neighborhood. And they end up creating a really beautiful friendship that gets them both through some tough times in their lives. And they come to realize that despite their difference in race and religion, outward appearance, or any of those other things that we sort of judge each other on when we first look at someone, they really have a lot in common. Not just as two women, two moms, two working moms, but their backgrounds, being Black and being Jewish, their shared history in this country and beyond. There are some things that they recognize in each other, and it creates a beautiful friendship that turns really into found family. And it's a funny story. It feels like, oh, there's a tragedy on the street. Yikes. That's going to get the tissues out. But they come together over shared joy, laughter. They commiserate about life. And in the end, it's just, I think, a great tale about how even friendships that you find later in life can be a saving grace. So true. (laughs) And and the topic came to be, as you know, Zibby, because you were writing a book during COVID is that, you know, creative input comes from being out in the world. And our first book, Tiny Imperfections, launched in May of 2020, which was not great timing. Great book, not great timing. But then our agent's like, okay, you know, you got to get on that sophomore novel. And basically we had our families and we had each other. So it's not really surprising that the story that came out of it was about a Black Baptist woman and a Jewish woman and dealing with the ever expanding and shrinking and different kind of grief that was happening in the world, that was happening within our own lives that was happening in everyone's lives and how do you heal from grief and the big question particularly of the time was is grief ever funny like can you ever find humor in this very disparaging hard time so the book came from really just looking at each other on lockdown and covid wow have you read um catherine newman's new novel i should send to you we all want impossible things but it's a humorous tale of hospice, but that sounds terrible, but it that's like kind of what it is, yeah. getting through the darkest times with humor, um, which I feel like, I don't know if it's a comp necessarily, but anyway, just to your point on trying to find the humor in, in the darkest places at times is, is essential. Yeah. 
tell listeners, I know we talked about this last time, but it was a while ago. So how the two of you teamed up to write books together in the, in the first place? Well, I, we, we both have been teachers for years, um, um, 20 years plus each of us. And we met at a small private school in Seattle and uh, Allie was assistant head of school and I had the classroom below her. I was the pre-K teacher and we did admissions together. And we had, you know, there are very serious meetings that you have during admissions where you talk about three-year-olds and how they will add to your school community and how we may serve (laughs) these three and four-year-olds. Very, very important stuff. But after those moments, Allie and I would retreat down to my classroom kitchen and grab a snack and sort of joke about what we had done during the day. Like, oh my gosh, that one kid, his mom was going to have a heart attack, but he couldn't take his finger out of his nose. You know, things like that. Just the lighter side of being with children, the wonderful side of being with children, how much they taught us on a daily basis and how much they taught us to laugh through the honesty of life. And we would joke together. Oh my gosh, when I write a book, it's going to be, I'm going to put that story in there. When I write a book, I'm going to put that story in there. Years later, we left the school. Allie called me up one afternoon and said, hey, I got an idea for a book. I want to know if you'll write it with me. And I said, okay. And that's what we did. We had no idea what we were doing, but we had no idea what we weren't doing either. So there wasn't much to stop us. (laughs) And I would argue, I mean, I've said this over and over that you know, the true experts on humanity out there and humanity from age three to age 83 are educators because we are in constant observation of humanity and children and the era of parenting and then the gorgeous era of being able to be a grandparent. Between Ash and I, we have 40 plus years of just observation of people and action. And so, you know, for us, the creation of story is not that difficult. We've had a massive trajectory on, okay, how do we do this thing called write a book and then try to get an agent and then get it published? But we've got so much story in our lives that it's just fun recounting it all together and and laughing about ourselves because we've been parents, we've had kids in schools, all those things. We're daughters, we're wives, but also not taking it as seriously as everyone else because we've seen, you know, a whole generation come out the other end. Yes, totally get that. (laughs) So tell me about the Jewish black dual perspectives and where the commonalities you two have found in writing, in the stories and your characters and in your own lives. Sure. Go ahead. You know, we really wanted to, again, during 2020, you know, a massive rise in anti-Semitism and the topic that, you know, anti-Semitism is the oldest persecution in the history of the world. Yet it's the least discussed, it's the least recognized, it gets the least media attention because it's persecution of white people. And we have a real interesting history in our country of Jewish people and Black people coming together because there is similarity of experience, even if the outward appearance is different. There's similarity of experience, there's similarity of joy in overcoming and becoming accomplished 
when the world doesn't want you to. Um, and there's similarity of navigating the world. And that's something that we wanted to explore through sharing the joy of the two cultures. Again, not just the tragedy. We are in this time in our culture where learning about other cultures, other ethnicities and races is through their pain, right? I mean, how many books and how much learning about the Jewish people is through the lens of the Holocaust? How much of the learning about the Black culture in our country is through the lens of slavery? And there's so much more that's joyful and beautiful and full of love. And that is what we want to do in all our writing. But that was really important to us, particularly in this book, because while Marjette and Noah aren't exactly Asha and I, they do represent what we come from and what we love. And we're joyous people. We love who we are. And we wanted to put that out there to the world. Excellent. I feel like there has been some social media banter, and I don't know if you feel like opining on this in any way, and you totally don't have to, but I feel like there was, when when Black Lives Matter was going, in that, that time in June with all of the horrific events that happened, and the black squares on Instagram were pervasive, right? Everybody was putting black squares up. But then I heard when people were putting up blue squares, where there was more anti-Semitism, that the, the, it wasn't being reciprocated on social media. Whereas, do you, do you know what I'm saying? Like, do you did you hear about that? Do you do you know why? Is it not even worth discussing? Or, you know, does it go both ways? The support? What do you think? Well, I I would argue that I mean the the blue squares was not as big of a of uh, an event as the black squares was. I have to admit, I didn't even notice it. I didn't see that campaign to support the Jewish community in that way. What I did see was recent comments by um, very well-known people, and that affected me greatly. And I have to say that, you know, we can talk about whether or not something was popular enough or reciprocated, but I think that the most important point is to speak up when you see it. Um, when those mm-hmm. comments came out by a, an artist that's globally known, I had to go to Allie and ask her, is it okay for me to respond to this? I'd like to do this with you because it's hurting me. Mm-hmm. So I think the greater issue is when you see it, you got to say it. Jamie Lee Curtis went on the Today Show and so eloquently said, um, and I'm not going to quote it exactly, but what does it mean when when you hear these things and you don't say anything? What does that say about you? So my commitment is just, if I see it, I have to say something. And I do think that Ali's point that, you know, discrimination against white people is one thing, but I don't think people actually get that um, there's a cultural aspect to being Jewish. And one thing that I have to say, so when... It was probably the most emotional moment of writing Never Meant to Meet You with Asha. When we wrote Tiny Imperfections, we had a lot of challenging conversations about race because our protagonist and her family was Black. And, you know, I had a steep learning curve. It was amazing. At times it was hard because Asha and I write collectively 
at, uh, through the lens of humanity. I'm not writing the white characters and she's writing the white, the black characters. We write everything together. But when we were writing Never Meant to Meet You and January 6th happened and there was media footage of um, one of the men who had on a t-shirt that said six million is not enough. And Asha was really horrified by that and felt deeply when she saw that and was shocked by it. She was the only one I heard from within my wide network of people. And I felt like, okay, Asha's learning something in this process of our creativity about being Jewish and what it's like to be Jewish. And I just feel that there needs to be more this creative reciprocity among people and um, acknowledgement that we all have differences to really watch for and listen to. But that was a really important moment for me in our relationship. And now I think I've gotten better at being Black and Asha's gotten much better at being Jewish. Can I mention one last thing about the connections? Food. Yes. There's food in our book and for a good reason. Allie and I both appreciate food. It is something that as human beings is the thing that we can all agree connects all of us. We all have to eat and drink. We must eat and drink. We don't have to live in the same type of home. We don't have to have the same skin color, but we all have to eat and drink. And we're the only species on this planet that cooks and shares food together. And that means something. And let me tell you, when I go to Allie's family's functions, I got to um, go to her daughter's bat mitzvah this last year. The food was amazing. And when <laughs> she's with me, I cook up a storm. I just broke in her new Uh, She built a new home and beautiful kitchen. I went and fried chicken like you would not believe in that kitchen. They were cleaning up cooking oil for days after me. And those things are important in both cultures and I think to human beings in general. So food is a big, it has a big spot in this book. Yeah, it's funny. I, uh, my, I'm Jewish and my husband now is Italian, although he converted to Judaism. But I feel like food is so important to his Italian family as well. So I feel like there's so many, um, when you can unite over something you care about and like literally ingest together, right? Creating community, breaking bread, the old expression, right? It's it's so uniting when there are so many other differences um, or potentially can be viewed as so many other differences. So Yeah. Yeah, and I think you bring up the perfect the perfect word. Uniting is the perfect word. And what we need to do is find more commonalities, simple daily things to unite on, rather than looking at these big schisms that divide us, because they are the small things. Everyone has to get their kid to school. Doesn't matter who you are. You know, everyone has to eat. And those are all uniting daily experiences. I wrote this essay a while back and um, I was talking about how stressed I was as a mom and, you know, how I had to sign up for parent-teacher conference on my phone or something and how, you know, my husband was like trying to like 
put his hand up my shirt or something. And I was like, no, I have to sign over this or whatever. I don't know. It was like a whole thing. And uh, there's a, a black mom who was in my kid's class and she came up to me after and she's like, and she had never been like particularly nice to be honest with you, you know, she's very standoffish and whatever. And she's like, you know, I never thought we had anything in common until I read your essay. And she's like, I feel like the same way, you know, I feel like even though our lives are so different, the things we're going through raising kids are so similar. It was like a, a shock, I think, to her that, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, we're all people, you know, hello. Anyway. And that's a, that's a perfect one, like sex, right? Everyone, everyone has, is a sexual being and every mother out there has had her husband or partner try to cop a feel <laughs> when you're like trying to get done. Like, bad timing, bad timing. Anyway, I don't even know why I'm bringing this up. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all have stuff we need to get off our chests. Even if we don't think it's interfering with our daily life, there are some things you just haven't processed be it grief or trauma, eating disorders, anything, it might be time to work on those things. And I have a solution for you. Therapy. Online therapy by BetterHelp. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I took the brief questionnaire online where there were, I don't know, 20 questions. It didn't take long at all, maybe three minutes. And then I got matched with a therapist who could help me work on whatever. I picked trauma because... Even though it happened in 2001, I am somehow still not over the loss of my friend on 9-11. And it is what it is. BetterHelp is going to help, and I am so excited, especially because with my special code, instead of $80 a month, it is 10% off, $72 a month, which is so much less than traditional therapy, and you'll get a perfect therapist for you. There are 35,000 therapists to choose from, so you'll find the right one. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash moms don't have time today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash moms don't have time. Uh, so what what project are you working on now? Oh my gosh. <laughs> we are in that cop. Oh my gosh. Awesome. Let me know if I miss anything. We're in copy editing mode Ooh. of our third our book. Luck. Yes, which has some super huge news tied around it that we can't say yet, but we're really, really excited. Ooh. And so, but that when I always forget, Asha, when's that? It should be out in July of 2023. July. Yeah. A better half 
And so that's all exciting and wonderful. But then on the flip side, we're at that point with book four, where it's like chapter nine, (laughs) it feels weird. I liken it to like pants that don't fit. And it's just like uncomfortable and you don't know, do I want, do I want these characters? Do I want this? <laughs> Ellie has a hard time moving on um, to me. She falls in love with families in our books and feels like she's cheating on them by writing about a whole new family. So <laughs> I have to wow. encourage her that, you know what, you can like this family and that family. <laughs> it is an un- unfortunate. I a little bit. Yeah, I became a little bit of a mean girl at the beginning of every new book. I'm like, ew, I don't really like them. They're not that interesting. Like, ugh. And yeah, Asha just rolls her eyes at this point. Like, now we don't even need to talk. She just gives facial cues. And do do you still work on Zoom? Yeah, we do. We we do a lot yeah, of we, FaceTiming, lots of calls during the day, mm-hmm. and we visit each other. I was just in Idaho where Allie lives. She was in Seattle the week before that. Then she was in Seattle the week after I was in Idaho. We'll see each other again in a couple weeks. So we're very close. It's not hard mm-hmm. to fly to see each other. And we do our big work at that time. Lots of reading out loud, lots of just, you know, fighting through the hard issues, um, making sure the story's right. We do all all the big parts in person. Yeah, because we want to feel it together since, again, it's a Black woman and a white woman writing every word, every punctuation together. We believe that we need to be in person and agree on everything so we can go out into the world and defend what we write and defend what we do because we it was 50-50 the whole way. So when we get those really mean one-star <laughs> comments, <laughs> well, I, guess, I, guess we're, I guess we're both awful. When we get the great five-star, I guess we're both fabulous. It's funny because you mentioned... Zibi, that you had this woman that, you know, was sort of standoffish. And that's kind of how Margette felt about Noah, right? Like you have a perception of a person and perhaps that person felt the same about you. But then you realize, wow, that's just how I'm perceiving the world. I got to really actually be in it. And Allie and I face those moments when we're writing together as well. There's a scene where a possible mistress from the past shows up. And Margette, our character, who's the the main voice in our story, she wants to go hands-on with this woman and give her all the smoke, you know? And Allie was like, wait a minute, no, no person would act that way. And I'm like, some would, I would. So we have to figure out, okay, what's the in-between That'll Mm -hmm. satisfy both of us. Because I was like, I wouldn't even break a nail over some guy. And I'm like, I will break a lot of nails over. (laughs) I'll break a leg. That's right. (laughs) I will do county time. (laughs) (laughs) So when we talk about really collaborating, I mean, you know, that's one thing I hope people get when they read our books is that it's possible to collaborate very deeply and very personally with someone even who looks opposite of what you think they you are. And that's, I think, what comes in really beautifully in this story. And so what, if people are con- contemplating collaborating with somebody, what would your advice be on, on finding the right partner? Mm-hmm. 
Well, I would say my advice comes out of us doing none of this, but just being hugely fortunate. So it just randomly turned out that my strengths are Asha's weaknesses and Asha's weaknesses are my strengths. We did not know that going in. And when we say that, it's from the creating the book side, but it's also from the business of books side, you know, negotiating contracts, social media, speaking, all that stuff. So looking at both sides, we just got stupid lucky that that turned out for us. But for people who are consciously considering writing with someone, I think really making personal strength and weakness charts and sitting down together and comparing and contrasting those is really important because then you do know not just personality wise, but skill wise, what you're, what you're getting into. So step one is self-awareness of your own strengths and weaknesses. Yes. (laughs) Total (laughs) self-awareness. And, you know, I think part of that, I hate to say it, but comes with our age too. And, you know, we're self-aware, but, and I think it also comes up for us when you work in schools and kids are so painfully honest, we've had so many years of like a lot of feedback from kids (laughs) and from parents. We had no, we had no ego in this game going into it. We don't really get bothered when we get, you know, negative feedback from editors or publishing houses or, you know, our agent it's really easy to just let it go off our back. So I think that's another really important conversation is how do you take criticism? That's I I would say when you find those issues that you just can't agree on at that moment, I like to say that it's good to give the person the grace of space to sit with what the issue is and to really reach for empathy not every experience that I've had is one that Allie can understand or that she's been through. And the same for me, for her. And we might have had experiences that, you know, I might say to her, well, well, I have Jewish friends and they do it this way. It's not enough mm-hmm. to just have a few Jewish friends and think that I know what that means And it's the same for Allie. You know, I have a few Black friends and this is how they did it. Well, those could be outliers, maybe the 1% or something that the entire culture may have a hard time swallowing as the norm. And we've had to let each other have a day or two to go deeper into ourselves, not to fight the point, but to really search for empathy and look for the resolution. So for collaborating, I think that's critical. Brene Brown talks about empathy as being the epitome of believing someone's story when they tell you it. Mm. When someone says, this is my experience, you don't doubt them and say, eh, Mm -hmm. that doesn't happen. You take their word for it. And that I think is so important in our working relationship. I love that. One needs to feel seen and heard, you know. <laughs> I will say the one thing on a on a uh, less deep 
moment. It is also funny when you're writing together. So one thing that Ash and I have found in this process that's really familiar that we're challenging ourselves on each book is because Ash has been with her husband since she was 18. And I've now been married for a while. We both have been really challenged at writing any of the romance or sexual parts <laughs> of our book. Now, what was the first kiss like? And how did that really happen? And it's funny, people that read our books, I hope they see and acknowledge that with each book, we're trying to like dip our toes into something a little more yeah. sexy and then a little more sexier. But that has been our hardest part so of writing, which is just hilarious when we try to do it. If there's like on the flip side sex, of that, people sexy. say that we write divorce situations and feelings oh, yeah. of a woman that she goes through or issues she goes through after she's been divorced. And both of us have been with our partners for, for so we haven't been through a divorce. It's like, hmm, maybe that's where our fantasy lies. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Okay. All right. Well, thank you both so much. Never meant to meet you. Asha, Humans, Ali Frank. Get it today. Thank you so much. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 